G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Tuesday rolls around so quickly. It seems like just yesterday I was talking to Ron Ross. Well, he's back with us again for another update on breaking headlines as they're happening out of Israel and the Middle East. And of course, as those places there in the Middle East affect other places around the world. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with one that does certainly affect other nations. Israel is providing significant aid and support to areas most affected by this week's world disasters. Yeah, Mickey Noam Alon from Israel said, we've never seen anything like this. There are so many massive events going on worldwide. Israeli aid efforts now underway include Florida, three teams of volunteers from Israel. Zaka Search and Rescue Organization and the Israel Rescue Coalition all have rushed to uh, help victims in Hurricane Harvey in Texas and they're in Florida to help local people pick up the pieces after the storm. Our teams have already begun assembling data and connecting with local teams on the ground in Florida as well as the Israeli consulate and getting regular updates and assessments from the ground, Dov Maisel, Director of International Operations, said, we're trying to get out in front of this as much as possible with resources and volunteers already heavily engaged in Texas. Command centers are equipped with generators, sleeping bags, food and water, and relevant search, rescue, and recovery equipment. Israel has had a team of aid workers on the ground in Haiti since the catastrophic earthquake there in 2010. These workers have trained Haitians, first responders, and have now begun distributing aid to locals in the north of the island. The organisation is now planning to send volunteers from Haiti to one of the Caribbean islands worst affected by the storm. Zaka also rescued a group of Jewish Jewish tourists, including medical students from the USA and Canada who were stranded and seeking shelter in St. Martin's Medical School. In Mexico, Israel Aid flew out a a, a number of supplies following the massive 8.1 earthquake. We're looking at a long-term technological program, uh, said Zahavi, the coordinator, The Israeli Foreign Ministry is also sending aid to Mexico in cooperation with the Israeli Embassy in Mexico. Last Friday, two medical clowns from the Dream Doctors Project touched down in Houston, Texas, and they're there to bring some laughter therapy to the victims of Hurricane Harvey. It's a very busy rescue outfit out of Israel. And uh, being a small nation, Israel, uh, quite significant because there's an awful lot of work going on there in aid. Let's turn our attention to a new UN General Assembly coming up and the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he'll meet President Donald Trump in New York during that assembly. Yeah, before-
before he boarded the flight, uh, he's, he's on tour this week. He, he said he would be meeting with my friend, Donald Trump, on the sidelines of the UN uh, General Assembly. Before his speech to the General Assembly in New York on September 26, the Prime Minister will be visiting countries including Latin America, marking the fifth time in 15 months Netanyahu will embark on groundbreaking trips to countries never before visited by a sitting Prime Minister. The trip is part of Netanyahu's off-stated goal of expanding and upgrading Israel's ties with countries beyond North America and Europe. The Prime Minister offered Mexican President assistance over the phone after the 8.1 earthquake that shook the country last Thursday. Sarah Netanyahu, the Prime Minister's wife, will also be travelling with him in her first public response to uh, expected charges to be levied against her. She thanked the thousands and thousands and thousands of Israeli citizens and people around the world who support me and help and encourage me, and she said that before she boarded the plane. But it does look like that uh, process of criminal charges will proceed in the next few days. Mm. And while that UN General Assembly is running, the Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas, he'll be there asking the UN General Assembly to determine borders for a Palestinian state. What's the story there, Ron? Yeah, we've had, a, a, according to Dalal Salama, a member of the Fatah Central Committee, uh, there is an expectation for a discussion before the UN uh, about their Palestinian state uh, borders. The focus of Mahmoud Abbas's speech, according to Salaba, will be the need to turn the country of Palestine from a UN member state to a real state. The president will call on the UN to determine the borders of the state. The call to dictate the borders is already established in UN resolutions, said Salama, but we expect a clear and official decision from the UN that will clarify the decision in order to deal with the settlement policy of the occupation in the West Bank and Jerusalem. I know this is causing concern for the US Middle East peace negotiators. Well, another issue, there's some discussion going on and some concerns being raised about what Syria will look like after ISIS. And uh, the Iranians in Tehran and their proxies are concerned the United States is planning a permanent military presence in Iraq and Syria. How does this headline look? Yeah, the Islamic Republican news agency said the United States is seeking to keep a significant military presence in Iraq and the broader region after the fall of the Islamic State. The author points out that pro-Syrian regime forces have made important territorial gains against the Islamic State recently and claims that the lifting of a siege over the eastern city of Deir Ezzor marks the beginning of the terrorist group's end. But the article cautions that the United States and its allies are trying to exploit the rapid collapse of the Islamic State to find justification for their continued presence in the region. It appears certain that the post-Dash, that's the Islamic State era, is a very suitable opportunity for America and its allies to increase their presence in the region and inflame national and transnational disputes and tensions 
between the regional countries so that the member countries of the resistance axis and in general all Islamic Arab countries that have rivalry and enmity with Israel are further weakened. Uh, It's one to watch. And another one on the Syrian people. There are war victims in Syria. There's been lots of them. And there's been an expression of gratitude for help that's come from Israeli field hospitals. Yeah, this is an amazing story. Uh, Dozens of Syrian civilians have written letters of gratitude to Israel and the IDF for establishing field hospitals on its northern border, which provided and continue to provide medical care to numerous victims wounded in the country's ongoing violent civil war. One 27-year-old Syrian woman, identifiable as G, made her way to the Israeli side of the border on the Golan Heights, seeking medical care for her son who had been wounded in the fighting. After the IDF treated her son, G wrote a letter of appreciation to Israel, lamenting the tragic situation in Syria and expressing her yearning for peace and the prevention of further bloodshed. Syria was the most beautiful country of all Arab countries. We thought that Israel was our enemy, but we realized that it's good to us. I want to thank the hospitals in Israel and the Israeli army for all its help to the Syrian children, she said. While Israeli field hospitals have existed for years, an operation was launched in June 2016 by the 210th Division of the Northern Command, dubbed Operation Good Neighbor, aimed at providing relief to the civilians lacking any alternative, whose medical services and infrastructure have been almost entirely obliterated by the carnage. Also bemoaning the conflict in Syria, which has wrenched the country asunder, was M, a 30-year-old married man with children. Beginning his missive by describing the horrendous situation in Syria, M explained how Israel seemed to be the only place in which medical care could be offered to the civilians caught in the crossfire of the fighting. His letter said, After seven years of revolution, in which we have lost lives and blood, There was nowhere for the wounded Syrians to go and receive treatment. I am grateful to the State of Israel for the help it provided to all the wounded people of Syria. He also said he'd been taught that Israel was the enemy, but he's learnt significantly the difference uh, in recent days. Uh, Well, Ron, always appreciating you taking us a step deeper than what we're exposed to in basic headlines that we might hear in the news, uh, taking us to a new level and uh, a little bit more detail there that helps us understand what's going on with the nation of Israel, its place in the Middle East, and uh, as I often will express, uh, understanding the way God is still working with his chosen people. Ron Ross, thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thanks. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.